the SWP with Steve Warren and Jim Jerome. Ottawa Sports Talk every weekday. Okay, there it is. We're rolling. It is the SWP, all about tales of sports and whatever, the Steve Warren Project. My name is Steve Warren. That is Jim Jerome. I'm here in the nation's capital. James is in Edmonton, Alberta, and uh, November is upon us. Good Lord, November. Where's life going? Where's time going? That's that's a depressing start to the program. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, yeah, very awful. Uh, no one wants to listen to that. Um, pounding back some uh, some chocolate bars right now. Let's launch into the show. The the two Ontario teams in the NHL right now, they're both in kind of a bad way. It just speaks to the hysteria. It's just too early for anybody to freak out. And yet, in both markets, they are. On on the weekends we talked about, the Sens gave up 58 shots, and they're shuffling the deck. They're moving things around. They're bag skating the players. And mm-hmm. in Toronto, the Ducks beat the Leafs on the weekend 4-3. Toronto, as a market, kind of expects to be able to beat the Ducks. And they uh, they lost, and Mitch Marner had a couple of very key turnovers in the game, so everybody's upset there. You know, you get, you're even got even got the reporters who are jamming mics into Sheldon Keefe's face asking, so uh, do you feel the pressure that uh, your job's on the line here? I mean, <laughs> why don't we just let the thing play out? And if there comes a time that he's going to get fired, he gets fired. Right. I would hate to have right. to ask, answer those questions pretty much all the time. Anytime things go sideways, uh, do you feel like your job's on the line? I don't know. Do you? Yeah. You tell me. I, I don't know. Yeah, there's no reason, Steve, as an NHL coach, to ever feel that your job's on the line. No one ever gets fired, Steve. Okay, no one ever gets gets let go, right? It's not, yeah. You know, I I don't know why the guy would ever think your job's on the line when I don't know. There's ten firings a year, Steve, in the NHL. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Demotions and steps step aside, Steve, and and uh, we move him into another role. His job's on the line. I couldn't think of a worse job to wonder every day when you get up you know even even with wins you know once in a while you might oh hope they don't fire me i bet that's a lot i bet that happens with coaches a lot uh but you know but we talked about sutter obviously he doesn't care (laughs) (laughs) let's go back to the farm yeah exactly yeah uh for sure there's pressure of course you know i want to draw your attention to the date april 16th 2019 okay okay got that Mm -hmm. in your mind's eye I do. Got how, it. how many current NHL head coaches do you think were employed in their current gigs prior to that date? Three years ago. April 16th, 2019. Three and so a half. So three and a half, ago. roughly. Tampa guy? The guy in Tampa? That is number one by a long shot. John Cooper has been oh, there yeah, since March of 2013. The other four are Pittsburgh's Mike Sullivan, Colorado's okay. Jared Bednar. Rod Brindamore in Carolina and Craig yes. Berube in St. Louis. And kind of interesting that only Rod Brindamore has not won a cup in that group. This just in winning a Stanley Cup buys you credit. Gives you and, keeps you a job. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I was thinking else? about that here in Ottawa with the Red Blacks having another tough season, missing the playoffs once again. It wasn't that long ago that you had Rick Campbell here. He ended a 40-year drought. It didn't take long for them to get the expansion team and turn things, you know, from nothing on paper to a Grey Cup champion. Like, it was like three years because they arrived in 2014. They won the Cup in 2016. And 
it had been 40 years since an Ottawa team had won a, a gray cup. Like to me, you hold on to that oh. guy. It's a, he solved the, the riddle. He solved the puzzle so that right. they've been nothing but bad pretty much since Rick Campbell left this organization. Anyway, um, those top five guys, the, the longest serving guys have all won Stanley cups with the exception of Rod Brindamore. Cooper's won a couple. Mike Sullivan's won a couple. Uh, Jared Bednar just won. And Craig Berube, of course, won with St. Louis in that massive turnaround when they were dead last overall. That was about mid-season. They came back to win the cup later that year. Yeah. I remember I, I uh, speak of not keeping a job. <laughs> when, uh, yeah, you know, I did that show here uh, at K-Rock uh, for a year. And uh, the, the, they, they hired a new program director, Steve, at the same time when, mm-hmm. when I got, when I got uh, asked to come on, come on board, as they say. And uh, the guy I worked with was crazy, Steve. There were three of us on air. And uh, he was just nuts. Terrible guy to work with. Yep. And uh, the, the program director came in, you know, and had this big rah-rah meeting. You know, we're going to turn this thing around, all this stuff, right? Get the ratings up, yada, yada, yada. And so he had his first meeting. To give you an idea how nuts this guy was I worked with. He had the first meeting, and uh, a crazy guy shows up, and the program director opens up his mouth to say, you know, here's what we're going to do. And crazy guy goes, oh, F off, and walks out of the meeting. Okay? And walks out of the meeting. I'm going, oh, my God, there, he's gone, you know? No, Steve, they got rid of the program director. Oh. (laughs) Is this guy some kind of iconic broadcaster that could not be let go? I, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Eventually, he did. But uh, it was the shortest, speaking of jobs, shortest tenure ever by a program director. Yeah. Wow. Was, yeah, kind of weird. weird. I'm like, how, wh- wh- why does he get, well, yeah, he's got to learn how to handle you guys. Might, uh, might have had some incriminating photos of the program director or the big boss, I should say. Yeah, well, once that worked, Steve, I was just like, sponsor. we do sponsor hits, and they go, yeah, thanks for having me on. I go, oh, F off. Oh, you know, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> so. Just back to the Leafs and, uh, and coaching and the Sens. Barry Trotz caused a bit of a stir late last week when he jumped on the, uh, what was it called? The the Cam and Strick podcast. And he was asked about coaching a big market team. And he said, I've never coached an original six. And that would intrigue me. And this is one of the, you know, the free agent coaches that's out there. And Mm -hmm. he says he's still got some things to take care of with his family. But it sounds like by the new year, he might be interested in coming back somewhere. But in Toronto, I think, uh, and that's why Barry Trotz is trending in Canada right now after that 4-3 loss to the Ducks. There are mm-hmm. no shortage of uh, Leaf fans who think that coaching is an issue right now, and they'd love to get a guy like Barry Trotz in there. You know, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird response, you know, about how if you went back to coaching, what what would you pick? Um, I'd want to pick one of those teams that, Started in the 1800s. Oh, okay. <laughs> like who cares? Who cares? Well, Although he was I, in New York, right? He was at he was in the, with the Islanders, so maybe he knows New York life, right? So that that's an, that's an original, obviously. Well, I'm wonder, I'm wondering if he's I'm wondering if he's calling a shot though. And my point is that all the original six teams are pretty much set at coaching. Right. They're not planning to make a change anytime soon. The Leafs would maybe be the one exception. So, is he in that comment? calling his shot as if to say, yeah, if the Leafs fire their coach, I'd be interested in that, which adds further pressure to Sheldon Keefe, I think. I'll give a guy credit, Steve. I'll tell you what, he is dedicated to hockey because uh, we talk about Toronto all the time. 
you know, on the show and, and, you know, once again, about the pressure of coaches and, you know, often you'll hear from players going, it, it ain't fun. You know, I, I love the city. I'm glad I'm playing for Toronto, but, uh, oh man, oh man. I know guys warned me about it. The, the mm-hmm. smothering, you know, of your life from, from the press. And, uh, so I give this guy credit if he goes, yeah, I'd love to coach in Toronto because it can't yeah. be fun, Steve, doing the media. And the pressure of 1967 on guys on this team, none of whom were alive in 1967 um, or were just little kids. The last time they got through the first round of the playoffs, which was 2004. I mean, they shouldn't have to pay for the sins of the past, right? but they do to some degree. That's why the Toronto media is so keyed up because it's the most passionate, largest fan base and they've, They've been hungry for a long time. And so that's just the reality of the situation there. And uh, yeah, it's not going to get any better unless the Leafs start to win again. As Mitch Marner pointed out, though, they had to a worse start last year. So it's not like uh, they had a horrible season last year. They just didn't perform in the playoffs again. Yeah. Here in Ottawa, we have uh, DJ Smith, who's probably starting to feel a little pressure because of all the Canadian teams. He's the elder statesman. And well, this just in, they've uh, come out of a rebuild now. And so there's no more excuses. He's got some decent cards to play. And now it's time for him and the team to basically get some production going. And they give up 58 shots on the weekend, which did not sit well with a lot of people. Some people saying, you know why this guy can't coach. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. It's not defensively sound, Jimmy. And others are saying, you know what? Even though they got all these great forwards, they still defensively speaking, personnel wise, they don't have enough good defensemen who play defense mm-hmm. and a lot of their key guys up front as well, because part of the D zone coverage is forwards doing what they're supposed to do defensively. They don't have enough guys maybe with a defensive conscience among their forward crew as well. So that uh, that's not on coaching. That's about the assembly of the team. However, we got here though, it's got to get better and it's got to get better in a hurry because the teams in the Atlantic I mean, two games. The Sens started the year four and two, and now they've lost two straight, and they've gone from a playoff team to, I think, second worst in their division, or maybe in the, even the entire conference besides Columbus. So mm-hmm. uh, it's early, and so not not a chance, not not a big deal. I mean, you're not going to worry, you're not going to lose sleep over it at this early stage, but it won't take long before you get buried. And this team has had a problem with bad starts in recent years. I, I got a question for you, Steve, because it strikes okay. me as odd that I think about it. Um, you know, in football, uh, you hear it all the time, right? That you, you have offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators and special teams guys and, a, a, you know, I don't know, a court, linebacker guy and, and all, you know, right? There's a bunch of coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and you will, it's not uncommon, right, to hear, we, you know, if the, we got rid of our defensive coordinator, okay? Guys, guys too, many, too many sacks, you know, all sorts yep. of shit. Uh, or, or not enough side, whatever, right? We got rid of our defensive. Is what's the case in hockey, Steve? Because you never hear, never hear of assistant coaches getting fired and the head guy keeping his gig. Um, but like when you see the fifty-eight shots, and we go inside the room, you know, is the head coach going, "Hey, dude, uh, what's happening here on defense?" You know, I'm looking mm-hmm. after the offense, the overall. Um, anyway, I'm I'm asking. You're right. It doesn't happen every day, but assistant coaches do get fired while others stay on. And most people look at that as scapegoating because at the end of the day, the buck stops with the head coach. Mm -hmm. The head Mm -hmm. coach has got to sign off on everything. 
even the selection of the assistant coach was the head coach's idea. So um, it doesn't okay. happen a ton, but it does happen is right. my point. Because they're okay offensively, right? Ottawa, yep. Yep. Right? Yep. For sure. But uh, but it's just a matter of, uh, you know, if if you're constantly cheating, you know, to go on the offense or you don't like being physical, whatever it is, however, whatever reason it is you're cheating, some would say that that's on the coach right. to make them accountable for it. Um, because defensive zone coverage is not rocket science. Right. So anyway. Right. We'll see. Um, It'll be interesting, Steve. You know, everyone says we want more offense. Uh, you know, we want to, we're going to keep the scoring up, right? That's why we watch the games, right, for the nice plays and all that stuff. I bet you everyone's tuning into the Sens game, uh, you know, this next time and go, let's let's see what they do shots-wise this, this time. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would be, yeah. I'm going to go, I got to catch the next Sens game because there's a lot of shit coming down here if they let 40 <laughs> shots yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll take a time out of the program. When we come back, Christian McCaffrey is one of the top running backs in the NFL, and uh, he did something only uh, 10 players before him in the NFL's history have ever done. It's coming up after these words. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle, you want to make sure it's reliable, not breaking down all the time, well, then check out Jim K. Ford, your Ottawa-certified pre-owned Ford dealer. At Jim K., they stand behind all the vehicles they sell. How about a 12-month, 20,000-kilometer limited warranty on your vehicle? A history report of the vehicle? low purchase financing rates, 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. That's the peace of mind every buyer is looking for, and Jim K. Ford delivers. JimKFord.com. They're at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. Everyone knows that to get the best price on home and auto insurance, you have to shop around. But who really wants to do that? With access to all kinds of insurance markets, not only can I get you the best price, but I'll also make sure that you get full value for your money. Call me. I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario your modern boutique broker. Anyway, let's uh, get back to things. Christian McCaffrey in the news in that uh, he, he um, it's not a set of a setting of a record. It's just a, like hitting for the cycle or throwing a perfect game. It's just one of those neat things, one of those quirky sports records that are worth noting. Mm-hmm. And uh, the 49ers running back became the 11th player on Sunday in NFL history with a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown all in one game as the 49ers extended their regular season mastery over the Rams to four full years with a 34-14 win over LA on Sunday. So I thought that was cool. And it got me to thinking, what would be some comparable hockey records in the National Hockey League? And the one that most resembles that one would be Mario Lemieux's famous achievement in that he scored five goals, five ways in a single game. Five. So dude dude does a rushing uh receiving and then some sort of trick play where he throws a pass to someone? Correct. Yeah. Um Mario scores five goals five different ways. Yeah. So Back like power play, shorthanded. Uh yeah. that's that's well, I'll give you the list. even strength. Even strength is three ways. Uh two yeah, men short. Strength. Two two guys short. No. No. So you got shorthanded in power play. Even strength is the other. Then your fourth one is a penalty shot goal. Oh, and yeah. And finally, an empty net goal with one second left. Nobody else has done that. Maybe nobody ever will. That's pretty strong. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty strong. Very right strong. There. Nothing else, I think, 
sort of reminiscent of the McCaffrey thing, but some other quirky NHL records. Two mm-hmm. NHL goalies share the distinction of most career goals scored. Both uh, Martin Brodeur and Ron Hextall have two goals apiece. So well, I thought that was kind of a cool one. Totally. Um, yeah. 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 Then you've got Ken Danico at the other end of the scale. No, Kenny. Love Kenny. Yeah. Yeah, he's an Edmonton guy. You're uh, you're tight with him. Mm-hmm. He suited up for the Devils more than anyone else in their history, won three Stanley Cups. But he holds another distinction. He scored a goal in February of 1999. February 1999 and did not score again until 2002. Yikes. So that's a that's a drought of 255 games, the most in NHL history. Yeah, so isn't that funny you bring Kenny his name because he's he's being honored for something that's maybe a jersey retirement or something. Uh yeah. Can, is that the record, guys, you're putting me down for? Is that it? Yeah. I can't score? Is that the one? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what Danico is being honored for. I think it's 40 years with the New Jersey Devils. Player, executive, broadcaster. He's been with the organization for 40 years now. Wow. Wow. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Good one, That's Kenny. a company man right there, baby. That's yeah. objective broadcast analysis there. I'm sure there's not a heavy devil bias there at yeah. all. 40 years with the same team. And a team. tough Holy guy, more. right? He, he played tough, yeah. right? That was the other thing, with, which is amazing yeah. about, you know, your playing career. Oh, totally He's got tough. the biggest arms I'd ever seen. Like, he, he yeah. was a workout guy before they started working out. Just a monster, monster arms on this guy. Yeah. I wonder if he'd, uh, I wonder if he'd excel today, though, because what he did was tie guys up. He, he was the destroyer of, of talent. He was the destroyer of offense. Created none himself, but great destroyer. But I would wonder, because he wasn't the fastest guy, he would tie guys up, he would hook, he would hold, he'd smash you into the boards, he'd punch you in the face, cross-check you in the back. He was a rough-and-tumble defenseman. Right now, I don't know you could get away with that with the yeah, game being know, what I, it is. Yeah, I watched the, the Oilers game the other night, and uh, the refereeing was just, they, 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 they didn't have a very good night. You know, they didn't have a very good night. So bad was it that even Kelly Rudy started picking apart the refereeing. And and this, you know, whether you knew this or not, folks, their 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 league is not real big on uh, shows commenting on the refereeing. They're just not right they, 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 for obvious reasons, right? They don't want it. But but even he brought it up. And uh, I gotta admit, Stevie, like they went way the other way, way the other way of of calling penalties with. You know, I don't know, sort of you putting your stick up as the guy's skating by you and, and, and the blade touches his hip, you know? No pullback action, Steve. No trying to no trying to impede his forward progress and stuff like that. It was like, Vrrr! like, oh, come on. Oh, come on. Yeah. So I got, to answer your question, Kenny's got no shot. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I would think would so. Would have no chance, you know? Yeah. 2005 was coming out of that year that we got canceled. They really clamped down on everything. And for guys like Ken Danico, Hal Gill, big defensemen of the past that aren't that mobile, but rely on physicality and positioning and, and well, intimidating people. Uh, a lot of that was lost because, uh, you know, the guys who like to be big and physical, this just in, they're not the most nimble of foot. And so I think that's why the NHL is rife now with non-physical puck moving great skating defenseman because that's the nature of the game right now. If you can't keep up, if you're slow and sluggish, but you're really tough and, 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 and physical, you're going to get burned by all these elite skaters that the game has today. Right. So uh, and finally, 
Speaking of records, Stevie, uh, you and looked I this am. up. Will, did Wilt, uh, you know, I, me- I remember Kobe got 50. Kobe's best was 81. Did Wilt Chamberlain not get 100 points? He did, yep. Okay. Good yep. one, Jimmy. Yep. Yep, that was a definitely a, a, a neat record for sure. Um, but on the hockey front, to close it out, there was, what's the most you could think of? A 60-minute hockey game. Think about that for a second. 60-minute hockey game. Yep. And a meaningful game. Uh, what would you say the worst blowout in hockey history maybe was? I don't, I don't know if this is hockey history, but certainly it's the record in, uh, in an Olympic qualifier in 2008. Oh this my going God, back- is it like a bad country against a good country? Yeah, I don't know if it's a good country, but I would say it's a bad country against a horrific country that for, really is just starting out. Yeah, for some reason, I want to say this was a women's game. Yeah, yeah, it was Slovakia against Bulgaria. Bulgaria really just getting started. Yeah. What do you think the score was in their Olympic I, I- qualifier in 2008? Yeah, I think I remember this, Stevie. We were doing the show. I think they got 50 goals or something crazy. 30, 30 plus. What was yeah. it? Slo- Slovakia beat them 82 to nothing. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, a goal every 44 seconds. Good God. Yeah, Bulgaria gave up 192 goals in the tournament. And it wasn't the A level. Like, this is like the attempt to just be at the Olympics in one of the uh, lower tiers. So 192 goals in the tournament. But to lose a game 82 to nothing, you'd think you wouldn't have time. Uh, I'd like the breakdown of the goal scorers, Stevie. <laughs> like, I'd like you know, who, got, who got the assists? You know, who, I'd, like, I'd like to see who, someone must have scored 12, 13 goals. You know? I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Some of them must yeah, have. Yeah. Who was on that team, Steve? Oh, it's Bulgaria. So who cares? Okay. Your mom? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Your mama. (laughs) Uh, To close it out today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we now know who the best-smelling player in the NFL is. Aaron Andrews unveils that it is Kansas City Chiefs superstar, not Patrick Mahomes, tight end Travis Kelsey is the league's best-smelling player, according to Aaron Andrews. You're really... You're really doing a lot, Aaron, for uh, diversity and getting more women into the into the what was typically a man's game. Mm. I'm upset yeah. with her. I don't care. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if we did it in the different way. If I was covering, say, I don't know, Team Canada, the women's soccer team, and I'm a man covering the sport and everything, and I just yeah, try that on, blue- Steve. See how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Right? I I want to tell you guys who the best smelling women's soccer player is. Yeah, I would qualify that as double standard, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Do you want it? This is how fast this would happen, Steve, if your boss heard you say that, okay? So if you're a sideline reporter and you go, I'd like to tell you who the the uh, best-smelling uh, f- female soccer player, right? The guy be lifting up the phone. Steve goes, can you get Barb from HR? We need a meeting with Steve right after. See ya. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. See ya. Discuss his severance situation and yeah. uh, <laughs> you're done. Yeah, yeah that's the um, end of that. Steve, speaking to Kenny, good friend of mine, uh, 40 years um, with uh, New Jersey. What a lot of people don't remember, Steve, is uh, Kenny Danico's time as a Minnesota North Star. Oh, okay. boy. Right? No, no I, no, I think you forgot that in your, yeah. Uh, yeah. Your, your, your little 
profile of Kenny Danico. Long yeah, I'm surprised. Day. You should let them know because they might want to cancel that 40 consecutive years as a New Jersey Devil employee. Uh, so now that they know that he's a North Star, oh, yeah, but Steve, know. that's probably a Wikipedia page, and you know they can be they can be inaccurate. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah. You know what we haven't talked about is the divorce of Tom Brady and Giselle Bundchen. We'll get to it after these words. Jim K. Ford Lincoln is turning 40, and to celebrate, they're giving you a gift. It's Truck Days, and to thank you for 40 years of support, Jim K. is offering up to $3,000 in factory order rebates. No matter what it is you have to do, make, move, or create, there's a Ford truck built for you. Come celebrate four decades of Jim K. by ordering your brand new Maverick, Ranger, or F-150 your way. Secure your order today. Get started at JimKFord.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! Trucks and minivans cost less to insure than small cars. You get a better deal on home insurance if you have good credit. The biggest insurance brokers are owned by insurance companies. I'm Josh. Make sure you choose a broker who has your best interest in mind. All Insurance Ontario is independent, family-owned, and has your back. Text me at 613-860-6008 to get on our team. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Is that for real, that whole divorce thing? Yeah, well, yeah, they both announced on Instagram on, I think it was on Friday after we recorded our finale of the week. Yeah, that uh, both of them announcing on Instagram that they have finalized the terms of their split the same day they filed for the divorce. It's final. It's done. Mm. They are done. And uh, now that he's moved on from his marriage and figured things out there, we'll see if he can figure out the rest of his NFL career, if he can still salvage anything from that because – Right now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady bear little resemblance to the team that won a Super Bowl just two years ago. And that little stroke of the pen by Tom makes Giselle one of the richest women in America, you know? Oh, she already was. Already was. She was big, yeah. She had her own dough, right? Millions. Her, not not know? just a, you know, not just a, a good living, like one of the wealthiest women on the planet, I think. Yeah. Imagine being one of the kids, Steve, you know, every Monday. Going to your mom going, Mom, can I get my $80,000 allowance this week? Did I not give it yeah. to you? No. 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 <laughs> Do you have any left from that? No. No, no. It's 80 grand a week, Mom. Remember the allowance? Yeah. $400 million is her net worth. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know that he'll be, she'll necessarily be chasing Tom down for very much. Yeah. She might be all right. Yeah. yeah she should be fine. Uh, and I'm sure those kids are going to grow up well-adjusted mm-hmm. and not bratty at all. No. At, at all. You're painting them with the $400 million brush, Steve. Okay? I, probably, I suppose Don't I am. do that. Right? They'll be the exception. I, I take it all back. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, our website is stevewproject.com. We hope you have a fantastic day, and we will talk to you next time. Good night, everybody. We'll see you.